Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Hey, I'm Brian, and giggling with me as usual is... <laughs> I'm Inessa. And this is what is going on with the uh, the inputs here. I don't know. Right, what hope. what is going on with the inputs? What's right. going on with these inputs? What is the deal? <laughs> uh, hopefully the audio is okay. Uh, almost watched a little bit of. Um, almost watched a little bit. I watched a little bit and almost an entire episode of Seinfeld yesterday, <laughs> just so that I could see the uh, the opening speech uh, that George was going to give in the guise of noted Aryan. White supremacist, anti-Semite O'Brien. I love that episode. Um, I don't when, think I've seen that episode. Uh, it's great. We need no. to set that right. Um, we forget sometimes that it took like four years, I think, for Seinfeld really to kind of take off. That was like a season three episode. How long? How many seasons was Seinfeld? On? Like nine or ten, oh, wow. I think, yeah. something like that. The first season, I want to say, was just a half year, and like nobody saw it. What year did it start? Way earlier than you think. It was like 1990 or some shit. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't have watched Seinfeld till I was in college. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. And it took off then. Um, it ended in like 98, mm-hmm. 98 or 99. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have watched until so very much 90, a product of 92. The 90s. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, the uh, the one where he is the, the anti-Semite, the Nazi, is <laughs> Pretty damn funny, and that, so that was it, like an early indicator that like this this show is really great when it's uh, just absurdist. Yeah. He was pretending to be a Nazi. So I'll give you the premise. <laughs> uh, That's what I was trying to figure George, out last night. You kept like not answering the question that I I never heard you ask thought I was asking. Anyway, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. No, no, I answered that question fine. You said you said is O'Brien a real person? And so my immediate answer is no, because this is a work of fiction. <laughs> Within that fictional world, O'Brien is a real person. Yeah. But George Costanza is not O'Brien. He's pretending to be O'Brien. Murphy, in that fictional world, is a made-up character that Jerry made up. Gotcha. I mean, I so, I, so I, I start I, with the I, I assumption that all of the characters in the made-up world are made up. So, like, I know that but they have George real Costanza characters is a made-up on character. Seinfeld. Yeah, they do like, sometimes. Uh, like, the, the, like the baseball player John, John. dude who's, yeah. I, I yeah. can't remember his name, yeah. uh, George Romero, yeah. the third the third shortstop. Yeah, no, the, I understand. The I'm... Third shortstop for the uh, for the uh, New England yeah. Knicks. In the made-up world, O'Brien is a real person. Yeah. And... But George, but George Costanza is, not is pretending to be him. Exactly. Correct. Okay. So, and, and the premise, just so that, just so that what? Just so that I can, so I can, that can say like one sentence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jerry is uh, um, arriving at the airport. George is meant to pick him up and give him a lift back to Jerry's apartment. George's car breaks down at the airport, and they don't know how they're going to get back. There are, is a limo driver with the name signed like O'Brien on it. And Jerry says, they didn't let O'Brien on the plane. That guy was really pissed off. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to use the limo. Why don't we just pretend to be O'Brien? <laughs> and so George says, okay, I'll pretend to be O'Brien. And then Jerry says, I'll pretend to be Murphy. <laughs> but then they get taken to the place that O'Brien was supposed to be going to. And right. George and they, don't, they have no clue who O'Brien is. <laughs> and they that's slowly revealed 
uh, over the course of the episode. They pick up two people, and one of them says, oh, your secretary gave me an advanced copy of your speech. And so it starts off, it's like, uh, the Jews are using their money to enslave people, and like, like it gets worse from there. Yeah. But it's hilarious. hilarious. It sounds hilarious. Yeah. Because we should always make fun of Nazis. Yeah. Why not? Let's make fun of Nazis. Let's yeah. not all. Take the skinheads yeah. bowling. Take them bowling. <laughs> uh, you've got a recap. I have a recap. All right. Recap. I wrote this recap. recap. This I have not reread the recap that I wrote. I wrote it. Whoa. whoa, whoa. You have not reread the recap you wrote? I have not wow. reread the recap. I but wrote it. You reviewed the recap that you wrote. I have not reviewed it. Sometimes. So what you know, I usually. Read. Sorry. What I usually do is yeah. I write the recap just to get all like the facts. And then sure. sometimes I'll go back and try to make it. You know, funnier. I love hearing about your process, by yeah, the way. Yeah, sometimes because like I forget what happens in the in the issue, and I have yeah. to sort it all, and then and then I go back and try to make it funnier. But I I don't I didn't really do that anyway. Whatever. This is my recap, I and you can all my, fuck straight go. off if you don't like my recap. Uh, whoa! Yeah, uh, really kind of preloading this it there. Is, yeah. Um, I I I write mine on the my recaps on the fly. Uh, and they are as funny or not funny. They're always funny. <laughs> always funny. No, oh, stop it. Anyway, okay. Yeah, they live or die by the front of the I'm, I'm pulling up the issue right now as your recap. Okay. Totally Uncanny X-Men issue 197 is called To Save Arcade? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark. And it was released in September <laughs> of 1985. <laughs> How's that punctuation? Question mark, such exclamation I, I, point, I, question mark. It's like, is it... You don't interrupt me. Is it... I do. Do you? I do. Oh, yeah. well, we should both cut it out. Yeah, I do. I interrupt okay. you all the time. Yeah, sure, yeah. I suppose you do. So. Um, so it's like it's it's got both question marks and exclamation points. So yep. it's like to save arcade. Yeah, I don't know really the dramatic reading that was intended. That was but, pretty dramatic. Yeah, okay. That was that was some real Meryl Streep shit. You going to do that again? No. Okay. We start in space, where Peter and Kitty are having an amicable chat in her bedroom, Ooh. only to be attacked by Colossus. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I actually wrote that. <laughs> what? Yeah. Colossus yeah. saves Kitty from Peter, but then Kitty turns into a brood queen. Colossus is freaked out, and so am I. He sees Zashadji. Zadi. Zadi. Zaji. Zaji. His main squeeze from the Beyonders world, but she quickly skeletorizes. <laughs> now he's back in Russia, unable to save his sister Katya, and I'm starting to feel like maybe this is all a dream. Uh, sister's not named Katya. What's her name? Ilyana. Ilyana. You're right, of course. Ooh, love that Russian pronunciation. Yeah. Meryl Streep couldn't pull that. No, off. she probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, she probably could. Yeah, she probably could. You're right. I got the name wrong. Ileana. And I'm, I'm starting to feel cool. like maybe this is all a dream. The three women from his past and present surround him, accusing him of failing them when they needed him most. They creepily reach out to him, and he wakes up. His armored self having ruined yet another pair of pajamas. <laughs> yet another pair of jammies. Mm. <laughs> but wait, this isn't his room at all. Katya is there too kitty yeah they realize that they're not in the mansion and soon we all learn that we are in murder world <laughs> it's fun to say murder world. murder world murder yes. world. i liked it the first time too yeah now we're in alaska checking in on scott and madeline scott has been called to help xavier with something madeline isn't that happy about him going reminding him that he's not an x-man anymore and now she's his family also having given up something but in the end she understands his need to answer xavier's call Back, back to breakfast in Murder World. <laughs> <laughs> that was the working title, by the way, that uh, Truman Capote had for Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> breakfast in Murder World. Breakfast in yeah. Murder World. 
I have a hard time calling Kitty Shadowcat, and I don't know why. It doesn't really You're seem not to alone. fit her. Yeah. yeah. So Shadowcat and Colossus thwart an attempt on Arcade's life, and Colossus loses his costume again, much to Kitty's giggly delight. Turns out, Arcade has a room full of X-Men costumes and actual robotic X-Men. We learn that Doctor Doom is trying to kill Arcade, and Arcade wants their help, or rather their blackmailed capitulation, or else he will go (laughs) after their nearest and dearest. Blackmailed capitulation. They're not sure if he's serious, and also not sure why he only chose them, but decided to play along. In Lower Manhattan, Nimrod is having a coffee in a diner with Jamie, and stops an armed robbery. Jaime. Jaime. That's racist. It is. Wait, I love wait, 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 on your part, right? Because you, 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 you refuse to pronounce the Spanish. <laughs> yeah. I love the line, I am Nimrod. You are criminals engaged in felony armed robbery. Jeez. Everyone seems very happy with Nimrod's vigilantism in a no further questions kind of way. <laughs> now, Kitty and Peter are in oldie worldy Manhattan, which is really a made up murder world holodeck type place. Other X-Men are there, but they're robots. Arcade tells them that they just need to find Doom in Murder World, and the robots will follow their instructions. Okay, but it all feels like a weird setup. Suddenly there are ninjas, or monks with sticks or something, and a trained dinosaur robot monster. Now fighter aircraft flying, launching from buildings. Fighter aircraft launching from buildings. Mm -hmm. Suddenly the whole gang is fighting together again, and it's kind of fun to see, even though they're all robots. Mm. There's some fighting. Finally, Colossus disables the trained dinosaur robot and spends a moment wondering aloud if he feels guilty about Jaws' death and is so preoccupied with saving Kitty or maybe he's overthinking. His introspection is short-lived because, of course, the fight is still not over with a few pages left to fill. Mm. Doom shows up in the flesh. Peter throws a pipe at his glider thing, and he ends up crashing through Arcade's control booth window. Uh, real quickly, sorry for the interruption. Page 19, upper left-hand corner. That's a real nice onomatopoeia. Tunch. <laughs> I did not know that's, that. That's beautiful. There's another fastball special, but now Colossus is in his own head about whether he has put Kitty at too much risk. He arrives. Kitty is down. He is sad. Then the real Kitty attacks. Turns out Kitty was the robot version of herself for the entire fight. Wow. That means the whole confession was given to a robot and Peter feels a little silly. Kitty also admits that she was testing Peter to see if he still cared. That's a little messed up, but she's still young and we'll let it go. But wait, the fun isn't over yet. Turns out Doom isn't really Doom. It's actually Arcade's sidekick, Miss Locke. And this was just all a fun murder attempt game that Arcade likes to play on his birthday. Yeah. (laughs) We end with Peter being dropped off at home by Arcade, who they let go because his weird fucked up game didn't really hurt anyone, I guess. Yeah. Peter and Kitty literally walk off into the sunset. Peter has worked through some of his own guilt, and Kitty may be ready to stake out a friendship with him on new terms. We end with a quick check-in on Storm, which seems to be mostly a teaser for the next issue. She's been shot, but is far from dead and is ready for the next fight next week. Begone, eaters of carrion! (laughs) Find some other carcass! (laughs) And then there were some letters. Uh, Yeah, so... um... Do we want to talk about the letters, uh, or do we want to spend a minute or two talking about this being just like the most fucked up form of foreplay ever? <laughs> Arcade and Miss Locke. It's like, are they romantic? Hey, it's my birthday. Enough? I guess I thought Arcade didn't play for that. I don't know. Team. What you, you think Arcade's gay? Yeah, that's homophobic. Okay, all villains are gay. That's no, I don't think like that it's all... a mentally aberrant state of being. Jeez, I didn't say that. <laughs> I don't know why. For some uh, reason, I thought, our, well, whatever. I, I didn't. Let's fair. put it this way. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Fair. I didn't cast them as romantic partners. Although maybe they. Maybe are. he's like a Morrissey thing. Wait, wait, Morrissey. Morrissey eventually came out as gay, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So 
Anyway, yeah, maybe maybe, Morrissey, maybe yeah. it is a weird sort of foreplay, or maybe they're just... because he's a very natty dresser. <laughs> maybe they're just friends. Yeah. Why okay. would you assume automatically that they were, you know... I know, I know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's heteronormative. It's heteronormative. On, on my part, um, I, I think that... Uh, both of us have a little bit of, you know, uh, personal growth. I don't think that we do. I don't think that we do have any personal growth that we Uh, need to do. I remain a work in progress. Uh, That's all I'll say. But yeah, okay, so maybe it's not foreplay. Maybe that's um, whatever. I mean, let's explore that. It could be foreplay, in which case that would be pretty fucked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't, okay. I hadn't thought of that. Um, uh, yeah. So this issue... Too- I got a thing for Miss Locke. That's why I thought of that. Really? Huh. Yeah. This issue felt... Um, I didn't love this issue. It was just yeah. kind of there. It was like, we yeah. have some things that we have to write. But then... But then... But then uh-huh. I read the whole... Uh, what's his fucking name? Jason Powell? Jason Powell. <laughs> I didn't read... Actually, it depends Oh, over. you I- should read it. I, I yeah, don't think you I, can I don't read think it out loud because uh, it's uh, sure, sure. it's fascinating. All right. um, easy on easy oh, on the spot. Sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, keep speaking. I I, I want to say that maybe I did I did read that. Like they're basically that that uh, I guess John Byrne retconned yeah. the Doctor Doom storyline in whatever issues it was, 140, yeah. whatever, in a different comic to say that that Doctor Doom was really a robot. So now Chris Claremont yeah. has written another thing to say that, uh, that I, I can't, the, the Doctor Doom it wasn't a robot or, or right, they're so, all robots. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this is yeah. something that gets mentioned a bunch in the... You good there? I'm just checking our COVID results. <laughs> oh, okay. Do, do we have any? No. Okay. Cool. I mean, not as of three minutes or an hour ago, but I okay. haven't checked it recently. Right. Maybe check again in about thirty minutes. No, we don't have any after we're after we're done. Okay, cool. So this I thought is... you were going to read that out loud. That's why. No, I, I don't want to read that out loud. Jesus, that... go read, go buy the book for the for the half dozen people that are listening to this right you now. You should buy, buy this book. The book, Jason Pell. Yep. What you're going to get is my real quick summary yep. of that back and forth between uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Uh, we'll remind everyone, they don't need a reminder, that Chris Claremont and John Byrne uh, created one of the seminal uh, arcs in Marvel Comics uh, with the X-Men. Byrne goes off to write and draw Fantastic Four. Right. Shortly after he leaves, maybe about a year or so after he leaves, less than a year, um, there is a Doctor Doom story in the X Men. The first time that the X Men ever encounter Doctor Doom, who is kind of the big bad for the Fantastic Four, in much the same way that Magneto historically had been the big bad for the X Men. Uh, yeah. um, there is a scene in that X Men in issue of the X Men where Arcade strikes a match on Doctor Doom's armor right, I remember and lights that. a yeah. cigar. And Doctor okay. Doom is yeah pissed off about it now. This is something, uh, Byrne has a point. That is something that the actual Doctor Doom would never let our kid get away with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, Doom, very murderous, very um, monomaniacal. Yeah. Uh, and if somebody were to disrespect him in that yeah, way, yeah. he would just fucking kill him. Yeah. He's not so, just an incidental bad guy. He's right. really committed to it. Yeah. So Byrne later in a... Um, Fantastic Four story has Doctor Doom walking, sort of reviewing all of his various Doom bots, because that's one of the things about Doctor Doom. You're never sure if you're getting the real thing or a robot. Right. And Doctor Doom says, I understand that somebody struck a match on your armor. What did you do to respond to Mm. this grievous Mm -hmm. insult? The robot says, well, I didn't do anything. And Doctor Doom destroys the Doom bot. Mm, And so this is Claremont kind of responding to that like 
don't tell me how to write Dr. Doom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of fun. You know? Yeah, that is that is an interesting uh, little little bit of backstory. That uh, back and forth, that tit for tat, I, I want to say that gets mentioned as well in the book, um, All the Marvels. All right, okay, which I yeah. need to read. I have flipped through it. It's you good. should also yeah, you buy that book if you're listening. You definitely should. It's not something that you need to read cover to cover. You ought to read, um, what's that, I think it's chapter two, mm-hmm. where he talks about how to approach reading this kind of um, narrative, and also the chapter about the X-Men. Mm. I you read see, some of that, yeah. Yeah, most of the issues that he talks about are ones that you've read. Yeah, yeah. So, That's fun. Yeah. I feel like I know something about the X-Men now. Oh, hell yeah. You, I feel you like definitely I can, know something you know, about I can plausibly uh, have a conversation with people about the X-Men, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 as Beth said, it's not all that timely, but at the same time, yeah, it is, because the, the plots like Dark Phoenix and Days of Future Past... Those are kind of like the urtext mm-hmm. <laughs> for uh, a lot of what happens now. Like, there's going to be responding to those two narratives that they get repeated a bunch. Mm-hmm. So, and if you know those, you could you could pick up an issue. Or if you're talking to somebody who's reading a contemporary run of the X Men, you already know a lot of right. what is important. Oh, the Morlocks as well. Callisto yeah. is a, a regular character. I always get the crossword clues that are to do with the X Men now. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. St- I mean, th- th- knowing that, like uh, he describes it in the book as, as sort of a inside baseball um, it is, yeah. stuff is is fun, and that makes this yeah. issue more fun. But the yeah. you know standing on its own, someone that, not knowing all that, it sort of feels a little bit like a long walk to get kind of back to where it's we started. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it feels yeah. a little disposable. Right. Um, he also makes a good point in that book that I wouldn't have connected that in this issue, uh, Peter Scott and and even Arcade are sort of all examine their own kind of uh, responsibility as men or their mm. own sort of masculinity and that, that uh, yeah. mirrors Claremont and Burns sort of ego and whatever in, in whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, I, I think the... And... and, and Bravo to Jason Bell for pointing that out yep. because uh, I'm not I'm not clever that. or astute enough yeah. to to kind of like pick up on that. I, I think the narrative doesn't necessarily uh, respond to that. Um, the sort of the comics narrative, you know, you know, the plot points, mm-hmm. the action bits of them. Um, eh, maybe uh, with Colossus thing that Kitty's dead. Eh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly just. Colossus and Kitty smashing up a bunch of robots. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Madeline is pregnant, which was not obvious to me from the yeah. pictures. And I actually even went back and looked at them again. But mm-hmm. apparently someplace else she's pregnant. So we are to assume that she's pregnant in this in this issue. Again, you know, something that you have to read a lot of shit to know. Um, well, wait a minute. Um, do, do they mention? Wait, I mean, you don't need to know that. No, but... I mean, it's a nice to know thing. But, but, but she says, but uh, I sacrificed some of my independence for you. Yeah, if we're, if we're to make it as a family, all right. This, That's like very yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty pretty vague. Yeah, you I can mean, be a family. Can be a family of two. two yeah. yeah. Maybe that's right, whatever. A, a dated reference. Maybe you used to really only refer to a family if there were children. Yes. Yes. We were a family before we had kids. Uh, well, we were, yeah. We were. You, you can have a cat. That'll, that'll be a family. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what else do we want to say about this issue and or pop culture generally? 
Um, the letters. I, we should talk about the letters. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, is thought a couple of the letters were particular? dumb. I hated or, the first letter and the last oh. one. Yep. Uh, tell me why. The first one was just, you know, facile. It was like uh, everyone's the same. Everyone has the same opportunity to make something of themselves. And that's just patently false. <laughs> Oh, yeah, mutants have had it tough, but no worse than Jews or blacks or homosexuals or women. Yeah, I mean, that part is just yeah. like whatever, but then the way that it ends is like everyone has the same. Yeah, it's not true. <laughs> they, they don't. Not everyone has the same well, yeah. opportunity. You know, right, yeah, right. that's just a dumb thing. And then the last the last letter writer. Oh, I hate Storm. Um, yeah. Yep. That's just, you're like, I feel like if you have been reading this for a while and you hate Storm, you're like, you're missing a big piece of what makes the x-men cool because she's such a cool character like you don't have to you don't have to love her sure i don't actually hate any of them no i feel like hatred for a made-up character is an excessive emotion um i I, I, I do i feel that way surely there's a character that i hate somewhere i I guarantee that there is um i don't spend a lot of time thinking about 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 that yeah but you know not like i feel like if you dislike storm that you're missing a, a big part Agreed. of what the x-men is Ab- absolutely wants agree. to be about yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um you could you could re- especially starting in like you know the uh, like about the 140s mm-hmm. uh, those issues like about the past 50 odd issues as a narrative arc about storm yeah <laughs> you know like she's, she's such a cool and thoughtful and thought out but, and like thought provoking character but also like m- a lot of the major plot points revolve around her mm-hmm. uh her fight with callisto um uh, frankly her her i mean starting with with her capture by dr doom uh who's like objectifying her and her super heroic response to that mm-hmm. which like which is to fuck him up <laughs> um through uh her relationship with Kitty, who is you know going through adolescence, and um, there's just a great deal of tension there. Yeah. Uh, she becomes leader of the X Men. She loses her powers. I mean, she goes through a ton of shit. Uh, so I mean, you could say that like the, f- the that fifty issue arc is all about Storm. All about Storm. Yeah. Kind of the way that like the first you know, issue one hundred through one hundred thirty seven is all about Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I sternly disagreed with that with that letter. And I agree. You agree with, with you. my disagreement. I agree with your disagreement. And I like the I like that they published it. I mean, I think you yeah. Know, and I like oh, yeah, that yeah. they were like, oh, okay, well, yeah, no. carry on. <laughs> Entitled <laughs> yeah. to your own opinion. And then there was one letter that was basically just like an ad for uh, an ad for uh, the, the 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 children's superhero the the, the power super pack? power pack super pack yeah, yeah. super pack. <laughs> Uh, like, read the super pack to find out right uh, i don't see it but that's okay i did read this oh yeah fine uh yeah I, I did actually read the letters i, I didn't um I, I didn't remember them uh, enough to uh to have anything clever to say about them yeah um one of the things that the um, Mark Wald is the author of uh, all of the Marvels. All of the Marvels, I think, mm-hmm. um, says that the letters column had been a pretty active space mm-hmm. for readers, fans to interact with creators, mm-hmm. uh, and a number of letter writers went on to become 
comics writers. We had there was one that we talked about. Kurbusiak. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. There was one that was a woman that we talked about that Oh, huh. I, I could I have remember that. Anyway. Is. Okay. Yeah. Uh that would be pretty neat. Yep. Um but I I really dig that and and I have no small amount of nostalgia for that period of time pre-internet mm-hmm. when the communication happened in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the Comics Journal for several years in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And again, this is pre-internet. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait a month for <laughs> should it happen. So this was not that long after Art, Art Spiegelman uh, published Mouse, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the comic about the Holocaust. Right. And Harvey Picar, American Splendor, mm-hmm. he wrote a bunch of letters about Mouse. Um, There's some elements of it that he just didn't like. Um, right. And there was just a whole back and forth yeah. between them over the course of like a year. <laughs> because, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was really fantastic. Yeah. And comics are... are the, 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 the letters page in comics was very, very similar. I mean, some of them are... People who will gosh about how awesome the issue was, mm-hmm. or people who say like, the, 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 "Yeah, the, but actually, but actually, this you know, the timeline diverged at this point, or you know, yeah, sort of the, yeah. the gotchas." Yeah. Well, yeah, that stuff is kind of cool too. Yeah. Um, the way that the creators will try to defend their their continuity, mm-hmm. um, but I really I, I miss that yeah. and the idea that you're sort of plugging into something that. You have to go looking for right, it, right, yeah, in a way that uh, like, like Twitter and, and, yeah. and Facebook and other social media is just kind of eroded. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. With that. Yeah, so I don't, I don't actually have loads more about this issue. Okay, um, felt like filler. I enjoyed the, getting the context. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm. I don't find myself being that interested in the relationship between Peter and Kitty. Well, I mean, when we say the relationship between point, them, yeah. um, like, does their it, transition to friendship? Like, or whatever happens to the, you know, the, like, I just assumed that they would eventually, I guess, transition to friendship or, yeah, you know, yeah, which, whatever. Yeah. I, I think this issue um, takes a step towards solidifying. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited about the next one because it looks like it's going to be a... Life, row, death, yep, two. An Aurora issue, which makes me happy, and uh, yeah, an issue that I've never read. That's all I have. That's all you have. That's all I have. Despite the fact that we have a lot more time, and I'm trying to think, we haven't. I don't think we've seen any Marvel stuff. This we in the interim recorded since the something. Last I, one. By the way, um, confession time. Oh. We recorded an episode. I still haven't put it up on <gasps> Spotify or uh, up on um, up on WhatsApp. You should be ashamed of yourself. I am ashamed of myself. I just couldn't be arsed to tack on the opening and closing uh, music, mm. which doesn't take that long. And just like <laughs> click the few buttons <laughs> that it takes to upload it. Uh, so that'll happen. So uh, if you're listening to this, yeah, there's a twofer you're gonna yep. get this week and last week. Um, but I think last time we did talk about Spider-Man. We talked about Spider-Man, and we talked about the conclusion of Hawkeye. So we, oh boy, yeah, we're all caught all right, up. All you're right, going to go well, see the Eternals today. Super excited about that. Yeah. Um, and if you're listening, yes, I know that the Eternals has been out for ages. We just couldn't quite get uh, that harmonic convergence of it being in theaters and people being vaccinated. Um, but you know we're all vaccinated now, and I thought, well, okay, it's not in the theaters anymore. But actually, it, it, it's it there. Is. Yeah, yeah. So more days. Kids yeah. and I are going to go see that, and I'm super excited because uh, I'm big Camille Nanjiani fan. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> that's mostly what yeah. I'm excited yeah. about. I'm curious to, to hear about all that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you about that. Let's spend a minute or two, probably won't take that long, because I only have one point to make, a minute or two about Lost. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about Lost. Um, Either I'm getting older or less patriarchal, or maybe just the fact that I have children and I'm watching Lost. Um, I, like, I have no idea what you're about to say. That's fascinating oh, to me. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what you're about to say. Male gazy, uh, especially with Kate, Evangeline Lilly. Yep. Um, just like almost from the word go, like, she's got the low rise jeans and okay, great. It was like, I mean, it was that time really odd, fashion. But, yeah. But holy mackerel. Um, they love having characters like like bending over and like the shots down the top of women's shirts is 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 is, is insane. <laughs> um, uh, Kate and uh, Elizabeth Mitchell, uh, Juliet, like they actually mud wrestle <laughs> in an episode. I slept through that one. Yeah, uh, that was the right call. I don't I don't care for that episode. <laughs> yeah. um, but then. Yesterday, one of the episodes, uh, Sawyer opens like the tarp to her tent and she's got like a thong and nothing else yeah. on. Yeah, she's like, putting on her pants and like, you sort of holy, see her thong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, that's and, really and, like, So, like, maybe I'm just getting old and I'm clutching my pearls about stuff that I wouldn't have even yeah. bad an eye at the about. Time, right, but, right. but I am noticing that, like, they're really kind of lingering. Yeah. That <laughs> scene was Lily. very, very lingering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In a way that I don't think they do with with the men. No, I wouldn't mind if they did a little more with the men. Yeah, honestly. I mean, yeah. You know, they, occasionally they, you get a, right. a shirtless. Yeah. Josh Holloway takes his shirt off and um, I can't remember the name of the actor who plays Desmond. I don't know his name. Yeah. Um, he goes shirtless from time to time. Yeah. And why do they wear shirts at all? They should just, it's uh, hot out there. Uh, yeah. Why do they need shirts? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, all right, that's that's all that I have yep. to say about Lost. As I say, Plus, like, the women are always are often in, like, like Kate and Son. Mm-hmm. And even Juliet are always in, like, fresh, clean clothes. Yeah, but, yeah. like, Saeed's always in that, like, repulsive He's tank top. <laughs> that, like, permanent sweat stain. Yeah. Which, oh, that's such a bummer, man. Um or Locke. I mean, you know, I don't know that he's yeah, the eye candy that, that people are, but like he's has, an attractive man, Terry Oakwin, but he's always yeah, in this yeah, like filthy gross. But Jack Jack and Sawyer are usually in pretty clean clothes as well. Uh ish. Yeah. yeah clean ish. Uh no, you're right. He's um Terry Aquin Locke is everything other than the hat for like the curious George outfit, basically. <laughs> that monochrome yeah. Uh, yeah, brown, brown grocery bag yeah. color, <laughs> and poor Saeed. That's the other thing. Going through this the third time, uh, Naveen Andrews, his presence in an episode always makes it yeah, better. Yeah, no, he's a good character, and uh, it's a bummer that I don't know what why he doesn't feature more hmm. in season three. He seemed really prominent season one, and it's like they just kind of got got done with him yeah i mean maybe there was something maybe he was doing something else or yeah yeah, there may, be yeah there definitely a possibility like, uh, yeah getting everyone has to schedule. be in hawaii the whole time yeah. right right um i'm still really enjoying watching it again it's me too. really yeah, fun watching it, it with the kids it, yeah. and there's a bunch of stuff that i forget from from viewing to viewing so there is that like yeah, me too. re refreshing myself with it the nick and paolo episode 
Uh, I enjoyed it the first time. Um, I really big time enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> seeing it the third time. Uh, that's another very male gazy episode. Yeah. Uh, whoever the actress is who plays yeah. Nikki, but but the episode itself was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's been, it's been fun. I'm happy. We watched five episodes of Lost yesterday yep. during our at-home TV and movie business watching day, day, business class day. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what business class day is, business class day <laughs> is when we pretend to be on an airplane in yeah. business class right. <laughs> and we watch TV and movies and eat snacks all day long. Right. It's very relaxing and the kids love it and yeah. think it's really fun. So. Because that's what you do when you fly business class. You have a guilt-free indulgence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we watched three episodes of Lost. We watched a really cool movie called Unstoppable, Unstoppable which if you haven't awesome. seen it, you should go see it right now. Uh, Denzel Washington has done a lot of work with Tony. I shouldn't say a lot, but you know, multiple times hmm. with Tony Scott, the director. Um, Denzel uh, Washington famously collaborates with Spike Lee a mm, bunch, mm-hmm. and he's a great actor. He's a great actor. But weirdly, like like the performance that he gave yesterday, I. I I'm prepared to say that there's this like Tony Scott elevation of Washington's performance hmm. in the same way that uh, Washington is better in a Spike Lee movie than, you know, I mean, he's like, he's awesome in, in everything, but mm-hmm. he's a little awesomer. A little awesomer, yeah. Uh, he when, when he clever's awesome. yeah. one of those too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even, even though Tony Scott's uh, camera work, I, I very nearly vomited. <laughs> I was getting nauseous. Yeah. And then we watched Legally Blonde, which was... Which I didn't Which Brian for. didn't like, yeah. but our daughter loves. And, and awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm delighted that she did. We, we talked about Legally Blonde uh, last night mm-hmm. and, and what I what I found problematic... Not problematic. Uh, what I didn't care for about it. Right. So, well, and, and, and didn't care for is the wrong word. The My critique of the film is just... Needed to be funny. Uh, yeah, that it wasn't. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. which you know, for a comedy, that's that's what you do. Yeah. Right? yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so needed to be funnier. And then we watched two more episodes of Lost. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a last movie. And then yeah, then called it a day. Um, we that? have on deck because our, our son found it very. We worked really hard to try yeah. to get a get suggestion from him. Yeah. Because he was not wild about Legally Blonde, although he he didn't seem to mind it no, as we were watching yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so the day after tomorrow, that's coming up. Day after tomorrow, which is a pretty mediocre movie, but it's you know the world comes to an end. Because I'm always of, like a good of, uh, world ender. Climate change. Yeah, yeah. yeah, always like a good movie about the world coming to an end, even if yeah. it's kind of dumb. Yeah, that's a genre that 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 the child always seems to enjoy. Right. So. Yeah. He had suggested Twenty One Twelve, which have you seen? I don't think that I've seen, but okay. you've all seen it. Yeah, we've yeah. all seen it. Um, it had been on Netflix. Um, it's not worth. Five dollars <laughs> to see, with respect to uh, Dean Devlin, Roland Emmerich, uh, John Cusack, and uh, oh, well, and others. All star cast. Right. Uh, well, John Cusack is Dean Devlin, Roland Emmerich were the writer director. Um, they're the people who gave the world uh, Independence Day, and um, mm. you know, among other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be watching that eventually. Um, we need to fill five more minutes of time. I Ooh. thought that we were going to get a little bit more more legs out of a uh, you know, commentary about hmm. business class day. I, I I still want to talk about Legally Blonde, weirdly. Talk about it. Okay, cool. Um, so it needed to be funnier. Maybe I, I'll, I'll throw it to you like this. Um, like Clueless, I feel, is a movie that does get revisited from time to time. It's mm-hmm. very much of its time. I mean, it's like a time capsule thing. But Legally Blonde, like, like, they made a... They made 
a sequel. A sequel, right, which I have not There's seen. There's a third one coming out. Oh. They made a Broadway musical about this. They made a Broadway musical of Legally Blonde? Yeah. Was this... Did this resonate more at the time than I remember? I, I kind of remember the movie coming out. Um, I don't know. I did not see it yeah. when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Not, I only saw it expecting with our daughter a few okay. months ago. Huh. All the friends of my age that I've mentioned it to, which might be maybe just one friend (laughs) we're like oh i love legally blonde yeah you know so it was something of a time Mm -hmm. when we were younger i don't know i don't know if it resonated a lot at the time this is a so i'll I'll say this um it was not her first time watching it uh you know our daughter enjoyed it she seemed to dig it but it was a a little bit like when you would come over to my apartment in chicago to watch sex in the city it's like People seem to be mad for this show, but like, like you, you weren't laughing all that much. No, I mean, I, I guess I didn't. Comedy, but yeah, well, comedy ish. Com- I don't know comedy that it was adjacent. meant to be like a laugh out loud comedy. I didn't think that it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. It had but, very few laugh out loud parts, which okay. didn't make it. You know, it could be lighthearted without being fair, funny, right? Yeah. Ha ha, funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. And that's been remade, and I'm, I'm gonna, not watching the remake. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... Not, well, not remade, updated, them, yeah. Yeah, so sequelized, sequelized. revisited. So, yeah, something um, that probably didn't need to happen. I, I, I'm really stretching to try to build it to a point, but um, maybe it's this. Uh, all right, I'm going to pose this question. Okay. So you, speaking on behalf of all women... Cool. As I always do. <laughs> because you are a woman. Yep. Is it just that there is such an appetite for seeing female leads and a dearth of content that the bar is lower? So, like, Illegally Blonde... What are you doing over Nothing. there? Please stop what you're doing. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Please stop what you're okay. doing. I, okay. Were you looking at my shoe polish? No. What the hell's the matter with you? I definitely didn't just open that and get, like, crumbles Holy of... Holy crap. <laughs> <clears throat> You have the attention span. Carry on with your question. <laughs> I would love to. If you would do me the courtesy of like paying attention. I'm paying attention. All I right. need to keep my hands busy. I should bring my knitting in here. Here, I'm going to give I you. I don't want here, it. Here. I don't want Take it. Take that. Take it. Put that in your hand. You and our son, both of you. Okay. So is it that there is such a dearth of content that the bar becomes lower? Dearth of content for what? Um, female-centric uh, content, you know, like be it movies or TV shows, like Sex in the City. When I saw that, I was like, meh. Uh, Legally Blonde, meh. Um, the Ghostbusters remake, I thought was hilarious. Mm, the Ghostbusters uh, remake. Gilmore Girls, I find hilarious. Mm. And I really, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and, and it's really, really fantastic. There's not a lot else out there. So, I mean, is, you know, this is my question. Like, is it that when you say to a woman, like, hey, what do you think? Oh, Legally Blonde was great because, like, there's just not much else out there? I don't know. Is there not much else out there, though? Name it. I mean, I can't because I can't remember yeah. anything. But I feel like there, certainly with, so I'm just thinking about this because, like, with books, fiction, yeah, much of that seems like it's geared towards, uh, yeah. okay. towards women. So is there... I famously don't read, so <laughs> I don't read fiction. <laughs> so I wouldn't know. You and our son. Yeah, yeah. I'm part of the problem. Yeah. Um. So that's very 
female centered and i feel yeah, like yeah, you know I'm, I'm and again i'm i know i'm making broad generalizations here um oh hell yeah, yeah. that's what we're, I, yeah. I i already made one yeah so you know but then is is cinema and television not similarly female oriented i don't know that don't know. it is um although i'm going to be uh, outing myself as being part of the problem when I say, first of all, we don't watch loads of TV. No, we don't. And what we watch will be, you know, what what we want to watch. We, right. So, so there could be like like a ton of shit out there. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to think of the things that we've watched. You know, the chair that was a very f- it had yeah. a strong female lead. Right. I mean, maybe in the nineties. Cher feels like a little, a, a good, a little, you're correct. Yeah. Um, Fleabag is the other thing that, that came to mind as something yeah. with, with a female. Uh, yeah. The Fleabag's a great point. Yeah. Why is there not more of that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I catastrophe similarly catastrophe, was, yep. uh, was great. Not just because, uh, what's her face is like really cute. Um, as she is, uh, that accent. Really works for me, but um, Sharon Morgan, yeah, but like <laughs> yeah, I don't might. know, in the nineties, um, maybe that, maybe yeah, that was why, but yeah. maybe it was more. I don't know. There, it feels like there were a lot of romantic comedies. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't name a lot of them, but there were a lot of romantic comedies, similar rom- style romantic comedies out at that time. Yeah, another good point. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. There, there, there's a shit ton of romantic yeah. comedies, and I don't know um, if people particularly liked Legally Blonde or if it's just what's on my radar because it happened to yeah, pop maybe. up on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Um. You know what? What I liked about it, right. me personally, was that it had a, a. Usually, those sorts of things about women often feel like the women are meant to be pretty horrible like a mean mm-hmm. girls kind of kind of way and the oh, they're meant to be catty yeah. Uh, yeah and the lead in Reese Witherspoon's character was like super shallow and kind of silly and yeah. you know maybe a little un- seemed a little unserious but was right. was really 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 nice Oh yeah, yeah, and that I think was appealing for for young girls like I would have been yeah. when that movie came out because you saw a lot of catty female stuff and yes. not really a lot of stuff where the girl was really nice. Absolutely an argument yeah. in favor of the film. Her, yeah. uh, two things. you know, One, uh, Witherspoon's performance was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> was really, really terrific. Um, two, yeah, she is really nice. Like yeah. when, when the lesbian uh, says like, oh, you know, your sorority would just would just call me a dyke. Yeah. And she's like... I don't use that word. Well, yeah, well, yeah but th- yeah. that was actually really great. It's yeah. like, I don't use that word. And if I had a party, you would have been invited. Yeah. It was like, that was re- really... I mean... That's clearing a pretty low hurdle, but but to to, to you know to, to say that uh, was great and necessary. Mm-hmm. Additionally, Witherspoon and Selma Blair like they're friends at the end, right? Right. You know, they had been competing over dude. Right. Uh, I really liked that. Yes. Yeah. That so like there was there was a lot was of no positive between them. Right. There were there was like positive, silly, shallow, whatever that's gone, yeah. but positive sort of female friendship role modeling. That was cool. Yeah. And and her friendship with the the, uh, the beautician lady at the, uh, yeah. uh, the nail salon. Yeah, yeah. That was really great. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I, mean, I I'd love that movie if it were funnier. Yeah. <laughs> which which is basically what, what Clueless was. Clueless mm-hmm. was like that. It had a character who is superficially superficial <laughs> but has <laughs> has this hidden depth and uh it, 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 i love movies of of whatever you know protagonists of whatever gender or whatever mm-hmm. where, where the protagonist is underestimated right right 
you know, I always cheer for those, those people. Yeah, <laughs> and Clueless was like that as well. But it was just it was just loads funnier yeah, uh, than that. I get that. So um, I can't remember who wrote uh, Ghostbusters. Like Christian Wig, I think, was one of the writers. And um, oh gosh, that other woman. Anyway, whoever wrote Ghostbusters, write more of that shit. I'm going to look it up and I find out like, yeah. like two dudes wrote it or something. <laughs> Probably but, not. Um, yeah, g- give me more of that because Ghostbusters was just Ghostbusters goddamn was good. funny. Yeah, and I funny. thought like the world doesn't need this, not because like I had an issue with the gender swapping. It's just... It, I saw a preview and it like it didn't look all that good. Right, right. No, it, was it, really it, it looked good. like it looked like a cash grab, but it Super was so fun. much better than yeah, that. Really fun. So good, man. All right, go watch Ghostbusters, and that's all I have. That's all you have. That's yep. all that I have as well. Thanks for listening. Yep, we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you for listening to the X Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. <laughs>